all about Jesus. It's all about the Lord. All about the Savior and the promise of His Word. It's all about Jesus. Welcome to It's All About Jesus, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel Eagle. You are listening to a Sunday morning message by Pastor Mike Sasso. If you would like to join us for church, we meet every Sunday, 10 a.m. at North Star Charter School, 839 North Linder Road in Eagle, Idaho. You may also join us live streaming at that time. Go to cceagle.org at 10 a.m. to watch the whole service live. If you can't join us then, you can always go back and watch the video. Let's listen in to today's message. It's all about Jesus. It's all about the Lord. Chapter 1, and I'm calling today's text, Consider Jesus. And why am I doing that? Because right from very verse 1, we're told, we're exhorted to consider Jesus. Jesus, not just to briefly think about him, but to ponder his nature, his character, his mission. Consider, I always like to do this when I pick a word, I want to look up a thesaurus and look at synonyms for it. Consider, contemplate, reflect, deliberate. I looked up the word, I know what it means, but I had to look up the definition. Listen to this definition, it fits perfectly what we're going to do today. Consider, think carefully about something typically before making a decision. Isn't that good? Now for us, that of course is applicable, but also to the readers, the original readers of this letter, remember I've told you before that the, this letter was written to Hebrew Christians, Jewish believers who were being persecuted and they were on the verge of a decision. Many of them who were just just out of gas and feeling like, where do we go from here? Can I keep following Jesus? The persecution, the pressure is hard. And they're on the precipice of a decision. Should I just go back to my old religion? Should I just go back to Judaism? Back to the sacrificial system? Back to the law of Moses? I I knew how that worked. and, And I'm getting persecuted. Should I go back? And they're tempted to go back. And I've told you over and over again, this book is going to point you to Jesus and give you reasons not to go back. Whatever you're tempted to go back to, whatever you're tempted to retreat back to, you study the book of Hebrews and you're going to be exhorted and encouraged, don't go back. Stay where you're at. You ever been tempted to go back? Let's continue to read the book of Hebrews and we will learn because you've got to never forget that Jesus is greater than anything you could turn to. Matter of fact, one of the themes that goes all throughout the book of Hebrews is Jesus is greater than. Fill in the blank. We've been studying what Jesus is greater than, and we're going to continue that today. So uh, trading him in for anything or anybody is going backwards. It's a great loss, so don't give up. Father, right now we want to look to Jesus. We pray that as we read your word, we'd all be encouraged to look to Jesus, to not give up, And Lord, you know what each person in this room is struggling with. You know the temptations and the weaknesses of each one of us. You know where we're tempted to give up. You know where we're tempted to go back, to retreat. And I pray, Father, as we continue to study this letter from God, 
that we'd be encouraged to run forward to Jesus rather than to retreat back to anything else. Speak to us now as we study your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's open it. You've already opened there. I've told you that a couple times, so you should have found it by now. Hebrews chapter 3. I'm going to start by just reading our text today, then we're going to go deep. Hebrews chapter 3. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Jesus Christ, who was faithful to him who appointed him, as Moses also was faithful in all his house. For this one has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses. We're comparing now to Moses. Inasmuch as he who built the house has more honor than the house. For every house is built by someone, but he who builds all things is God. Verse 5, And Moses indeed was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which would be spoken afterwards. But Christ, in verse 6, as a son over his own house, whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. Mm-mm-mm. Now, you think only six verses. Did you catch what was in there? Did you see some of the key words and the, the key topics that are running through this? Oh, there's so much in here. So what we're going to do is we're going to dig deep. And I want to start by a word I've kind of harped on before many, many times. And that's the, the, the first word of our first verse, therefore. I've told you a saying I've learned as a brand new Christian. And I want you to memorize it. That whenever you read a therefore in the Bible, you've got to read before it to find out what it's there for. Because whenever anybody says, therefore, that's not a good place to start. Therefore means understand the argument. Understand what we've been learning. Uh, Continuing in his argument for the supremacy of Christ, the author is saying, after everything we have just considered about Jesus Christ and all that you know about him, hold your ground. Now, as a matter of fact, what exactly have we been learning about Jesus Christ? Let me give you a quick run-through. Uh, we've been learning that Jesus Christ is the creator and upholder of the universe. Chapter 1, verse 2 and 3. We, we've been learning that he's the radiance of God's glory. Chapter 1, verse 3, again. We, we've discovered that he sits at the right hand of God, verse 3 of chapter 1. He's greater than the angels, chapter 1, verse 4 through 14. He made purification for our sins, chapter 1, verse 3. He tasted death for every man, chapter 2, verse 9. He destroyed Satan's power over death, chapter 2, verse 14. He's a merciful and faithful high priest, chapter 2, verse 17. And he, he was made like us in every respect. That same verse says that one more. He's able to help us in our time of need. Chapter 2, verse 18. I hope you're listening to that one. Because we all have needs, right? We all need... uh, You know what? I don't want to do this without Jesus. Whether we're talking ministry, whether we're talking life itself, I don't want to do it without Him. And He's able to help us in our time of need. We've studied that. So let us consider a few key words besides the therefore in verse 1. And I admit to you, we're going to take some time in verse 1. And then we'll build up steam after that, okay? Verse 1 says, Therefore, holy brethren, I want you to get this too, because a Christian Jew may call another Jew, whether he's a Christian or not, a brother. But holy brethren is reserved for Christians. There are people, why do I even emphasize this? There are people who, because of the warnings and the, the, the very serious warnings 
found in the book of Hebrews who would say, it's not written to Christians. It's written to Jews. It is written to Jews. And they make, I've, I've listened to some people make deep arguments how there's three categories. There's Christian believers, and then there's people who believe the facts but not haven't given their life to Jesus, and there's people who aren't Christians at all who just read the letter. This way, whatever you don't like in the, in the book, you could say that was for those other people, right? But let me tell you who the writer of Hebrews is writing to. Verse 1, holy brethren. That's who he intends to write to, and that's you and I, if, we, if you know Jesus as your Savior, if you're born again. And so don't just blow this off that it's for somebody else. It's for us. He even goes on to say, partakers of the heavenly calling. The same Greek word here, partakers, is found earlier in chapter 1, verse 9, uh, referring to Jesus' companions. Partakers of the heavenly calling. And so these companions are companions that are called to inherit salvation and the future glory with Christ. So I want you to know, whoever you want to blow this off on and say this is to somebody else, if you're a Christian, if you're a saint, if you're a holy brethren, this book is written to you. That's who the letter, the, the author is addressing it to. Now I particularly like the way the New Living translates this verse. It says, So dear brothers and sisters who belong to God and partners with those called to heaven. Oh, that can't be me, right? It better be you or you need to get saved, right? Okay, now, it's very important, again, to establish who this book is written to, Christians, so that when we get to some of the more serious warnings, we'll take them seriously, okay? I've told you before, I embrace the Word of God. The promises, mm, 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 all the promises of God, I embrace it. The warnings, maybe not, mm, 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 but I want to pay attention to all of it, right? I don't just pick and choose what's, what's for me or not. Anyway, Jewish Christians tempted to go backwards. Believers tempted to give up on Jesus. So consider, consider Jesus. Fix your eyes on him, as it will later say in verse chapter 12. Know him. Love him. Don't turn from him. That's one of the key themes that continues to come up in this book. And the author continues to build an argument, especially geared to the Jewish Christians, for Jesus' superiority over everything that they might value as Jews. And in this text, Moses. Oh man, Moses. There's no one like Moses in all the Bible. We'll look more at that in a moment. But I tell you what, if you want to, if you can prove that Jesus is greater than, more important than, more worthy than Moses, then you get the Jews' attention, okay? Now, one more word. Oh, actually, there's a couple more words in verse 1 we've got to look at. Is Jesus is the apostle it says, let me just read from the beginning. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle. And there's another one after that, but let's look at this. What does apostle mean? You never hear Jesus called apostle. huh? And he never is anywhere else but in the Bible. But here, what the author is trying to say is, he's the one sent from God to give us a message. That's what an apostle is. It means one sent with a commission. Moses was called and commissioned by God, but Jesus, he was God's last word to mankind. You want to hear God's final word? It's Jesus Christ to a sinful world. So, um, 
He's the apostle. Okay, another word in here is high priest. You see that right, right in verse 1. All these important words. He's an apostle, but he's also a high priest. Now, this is the first of three times in the book of Hebrews where Jesus will be called an apostle. And it's the first time in the Bible where Jesus is called, excuse me, high priest. I said apostle. Where Jesus is called high priest. You won't find it anywhere else. So here's your first fill-in. I want you to get this. What is the importance of apostle? And a high priest. What's the significance of Jesus being both an apostle and a high priest? Here's your filling. As our apostle, Jesus Christ represents God to us. There's your filling. He represents God to us. As our high priest, he represents us to God. So he's got the whole package. Jesus covers it all. He, his job, his mission was to represent God to us and to represent us before God. As a matter of fact, I love later, we'll, we'll get to it eventually, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14, the writer says this, Seeing that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Why? Because Jesus is both our high priest and our apostle. It's important to understand the meaning of those two words put together in one verse. One more. Oh boy, there's so many words in this first verse. Bear with me. We'll move faster in a moment. But it goes on to say our confession of faith. It says, uh, he's our apostle, high priest of our confession, Jesus Christ. Okay? Now, a confession merely means uh, a profession or acknowledgement. And actually, in the Greek, it means to say the same thing. And so what that means is all the Christians have the same profession, the same confession, the same acknowledgement. We all say the same thing. We all confess Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We all confess that the way to heaven is through Christ alone. We all confess Jesus because the Jews were holy brethren, brothers and sisters, partakers of a heavenly calling. They were able to give a confession of their faith in Jesus Christ. And twice in this epistle, the writer exhorts the readers to hold fast this confession. Have you ever been tempted to not confess him? Now, I know we all have one time or another. You just want to stay undercover because Christians are taking a hit more and more these days, right? Uh, now, I'm not, I'm not saying your soul is in danger if you've ever been. You know, we've all been intimidated or pressured or just tempted just to not speak up. And that's the struggle we have in life. That's just the way it is. But um, let me read to you a couple verses from that coming in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14, this is a portion that I already read. But seeing that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. You know what this book keeps saying to the Jews and also to us? Don't be ashamed of Jesus. Don't be afraid to confess him. Don't let persecution or even today in our political correct thinking, it's not it's less and less politically correct to call yourself a Christian in the... America used to be, they called themselves a Christian nation, right? Not so much anymore, right? Don't be ashamed of Jesus. Don't give up ground. 
Don't back up. Another verse, Hebrews 10.23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Now I like this because there's two sides of this. Don't turn. Don't give up. Hold fast your profession. But he's not going to turn. He's holding the ground. He's not giving up on you. He's faithful to you. Be faithful to him. Do you see what the theme of Hebrews is all about? Because of our confession of Christ, we have another confession that goes right along with this. You may not have thought of this right away, but I'm going to have to give it to you. Listen, later in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13, it says this. All these, speaking of all the patriarchs, all the, the people who walked in faith and died in faith, all these died in faith, and they confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Can you confess that? Can you confess, I belong to the Lord. This, this world is not my home. I'm just passing through, right? And so it's really important to have that mindset. I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And because I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, unashamedly, I confess that this planet, this isn't my home. Why am I not like everybody else? Why don't I hold course with the world's philosophies, values, and priorities? Because it's not my home. Okay? This has to be the stance of the Christian. Okay? Now, as we continue, the author will now compare Jesus with the, to the Jews with the one that they revered so highly and they're tempted to retreat back to, Moses. And by the way, in my study of this, I was reminded a couple of things that I had forgotten. Did you know that God performed more miracles through Moses than any other biblical figure until Jesus. Jesus did change that. But Moses was so revered. One of the reasons, and of course he brought the law, There's a, you can make a list, but God did more miracles through Moses than all the other. Matter of fact, there's a, a, a text in Deuteronomy that says this. Deuteronomy chapter 34, verse 10. There has never been another prophet in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face, the Lord sent him to perform all the miraculous signs and wonders in the land of Egypt against Pharaoh. And all his servants and his entire land, with mighty power, Moses performed terrifying acts in the sight of all of Israel. So yeah, he was revered. Yeah, the Jews looked up to him. And when things get tough, who do they want to run back to? Moses, of course. Yet... The argument of the writer of Hebrews is Jesus is greater than Moses. He's more worthy than Moses. And matter of fact, God had previously proclaimed to Moses and through Moses that there's going to come a prophet that's more important than Moses in the future and you better be looking for him. As a matter of fact, it's found in Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 18 and 19. Let me read this to you from the New Living Translation. I will raise up a prophet like you from among their fellow Israelites. This is God speaking to Moses. I'm going to raise up a prophet like you from among their fellow Israelites. I will put my words in his mouth. He will tell the people everything I command him. I will personally deal with anyone who will not listen to the message of the prophet that he proclaims on my behalf. Moses told the people, you know what God told me? There's coming a greater prophet that, boy, if you, you better listen to him. And even Peter in the book of Acts, when he's preaching the gospel to the Jews... In Acts chapter 3, <coughs> he said this. Listen carefully. Repent, therefore, and be converted, 
that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and that he might send Jesus Christ who was preached to you before. What do you mean he was preached to you before? It's all throughout the Old Testament. Matter of fact, the old saying, the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. The New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. The book, all the stuff that Moses said and did, it, it was speaking of Jesus. As a matter of fact, even from Deuteronomy 18 that I just quoted you as one example. Let me keep reading Peter's message. Uh, well, start from here. He may send Jesus, who was preached to you before, whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all his prophets since the world began. It's nothing new. Jesus was God's plan A from the beginning. For Moses truly said to the fathers, and here it is again, Peter re repeating this promise that I read earlier, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me, this is Moses speaking to the people, from your brethren. Him you shall hear in all things, whatever he says to you. And it shall be that every soul that will not hear that the prophet shall speak will utterly be destroyed among the people. This is Jesus preached by Moses. You know, Moses preached the gospel. He, approached, he preached Jesus Christ. Okay, now, let's try to move a little faster. We do have some time, but I do want to finish these six verses. We're in chapter 3. Again, start at the beginning. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers in the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Jesus Christ, who is faithful to him and excuse me, who is faithful to him who appointed him, as Moses also was faithful in all his house. Now, now he's going to start comparing him to Moses. Moses was faithful. He was a faithful servant to God. He was their greatest leader and greatly loved. Nobody greater in the Jewish mind. But then in verse two, he goes on to say, "Who was faithful to him who appointed him, as Moses also was faithful." in all his house. So what does his house mean? Did they have some kind of special church building? No, you know what? All throughout the Bible, when it talks about the house of God, it's not talking about a building. It's talking about the people of God. Do you know that the people of God are the house of God? We are his living stones. I'll show you a couple verses on that in a moment. But we are his house. And so his house, this word is used six times in these few verses that we're going to be reading. And it refers to the people of God, not a material building. And, and Moses ministered to Israel, the people of God, under the old covenant. He ministered to God's house, the people of God. Today, Jesus Christ ministers to God's house, his church, the people of God under the new covenant. And as a matter of fact, we're going to look at that in verse 6, whose house we are. Huh? In case you're wondering if I'm, I'm making this up, verse 6 clearly says, we're God's house. Okay? Now, continuing from verse 3. For this one who has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who built the house has more honor than the house. For every house is built by someone, but he who built all things is God. And Moses indeed was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which would be spoken afterwards. But Christ, comparing back and forth, as a son over his own house, whose house we are. Let me stop there. There's an if we'll talk about in a moment. But I want you to catch the feel of this because the contrast between Moses and Jesus in this, first of all, Moses was a servant 
in the house. Christ is a son over the house. Look at the text. You see it? Moses, a servant. Jesus, he's the son over the house. Uh, Moses was a member of the house. Jesus built the house. Huh? You see the difference here? So the truth in these verses is a powerful argument of the deity of Christ. I like to point that out every time I see it. Because I think it's really important to understand that Jesus is God. Yes, he's the son of God. But he's also God the son, creator of all things. We've looked at that repeatedly just in a little bit of text we looked at in Hebrews. The deity of Christ. God built all things in verse 4. We'll see it. And Jesus Christ built God's house in verse 3. Then Jesus Christ is God. Okay. Now, if you have a problem with this, because um, you want to even go back and listen to our uh, the first couple chapters of Hebrews, and I cover it in depth. It's unavoidable. And again, if here's, here's how it goes. If Jesus is counted more worthy than Moses, as we just read in these verses, in the same way that a builder of the house is more honored than the house, then the builder of all things is God. What's the author saying? Jesus is the builder of the house, and God built all things, and so Jesus is God. Again, the deity of Christ. So here, for your next fill-in, just so you don't miss it. Here's your next fill-in. Jesus is greater than Moses because he created Moses, all right? And since Jesus is God the Son. A lot of people have a problem. They have no problem with the Son of God, but they don't realize that he's also God the Son. So let me read that again. Jesus is greater than Moses because he created Moses, since Jesus is God the Son. And that's found in these verses 3 through 4. Now, Moses' mission, as I've already told you, pointed to Jesus. Let's look at that again in verse 5. And Moses indeed was faithful in all his house as a servant, listen to this, don't miss this, for a testimony of those things which would be spoken afterwards. I can't tell you how many times I read through this and missed that last phrase. Wait a minute. Moses was, he was there for a testimony of something that was going to be said later. He's talking about Jesus. As a matter of fact, just to help make it easier, I'm going to read it to you in a couple other modern translations. Again, the New Living Translation says this. Moses was certainly faithful in God's house as a servant. His work was an illustration of the truths God would reveal later. Jesus, he's the resurrection, the love of we hope you enjoyed today's program. You can find all of Pastor Mike's messages and any other information you would like about Calvary Chapel Eagle online at cceagle.org. In iTunes, you can subscribe to the podcast Calvary Chapel Eagle Sunday morning. If you are new to the area and don't already have a home church, we would love for you to come check us out. We meet every Sunday, 10 a.m. at North Star Charter School, 839 North Linder Road in Eagle. That is one block north of Highway 44. You can call or text the church phone at 208-891-2635. Once again, you can get any information you need at cceagle.org. There you will also find a link to join our Facebook page. So until next time, remember, it's all about Jesus. Yeah, the power of His name.